The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Matt Lee. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Yourself a Gun. A Sopranos podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos and, and talk, talk about, about it. it. <laughs> Thank you again so much for listening. Um, just real quick, obviously five stars in a review on the uh, Apple iTunes podcast store guy. Mm, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we love our reviewers, uh, even the ones who tell me that uh, that I have a punchable face or something. You, you can't really see my face, so I don't really know how you would know that. But um, You just sound that, like you have one. Yeah, I could see that. I feel like that's anti-Semitic, though, right? Like, like here, they're like, that sounds like a Jew. <laughs> then they want to punch me. I don't know. I, I mean... I, I don't know that you have a Jewish voice because I saw you at the same time as I heard you, so I don't, I can't no, separate you never, the two. You're you're one. I I don't know if I have a Jewish voice. I'd like to think that I have just like a really like cool guy voice, but um, yeah, mm-hmm. our J- Jewish voices are a thing. Anyways, um, so <laughs> another uh real quick announcement, um. My uh, beautiful fiance, soon to be wife, Francesca Fiorentini, and I are going to be in New York uh, March 10th at the Bell House mm. in Brooklyn. Yeah, we're going to do a live Bituation Room podcast. It's going to have me, uh, Francesca, Sam Cedar, and uh, and uh, Tiffany Caban. It's going to be a really good show. Check the show notes and you will see uh, the link for that. It's going to be super fun. Please go to that. And now... Uh, Vince, we've been doing our top dollar patrons. You know, we talked about our two hundred dollar mm-hmm. <laughs> patron donor Ryan uh, with the big dick. Uh, we talked about uh, our three hundred dollar uh, donor Kenley Bidwell, who was like, "Fuck you, Ryan. I'm a I'm a one up you." Um, and Kenley, as we all know, um, his like this dude is uh, fuck. What what? Uh, he's so hot. I don't know, man. <laughs> Well, say something nice about Kenley. You're oh, supposed to. He's, uh, everybody everybody smiles when he walks in a room. Yeah, all right. That was tame, but I like it. Yeah. Um, well, this week, uh, somehow, uh, one of our patrons named Kyle C. decided to say, hey, fuck Kenley and Ryan and gave us $400. I didn't, <laughs> Which I did don't even- not expect to spark a bidding war, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not like I'm not a, against it. I don't even know it. what to do with this yeah. <laughs> like at this point i'm like literally if someone is going to be like you owe me sex or <laughs> yeah. some sort of yeah. sexual favor so um kyle 
oh my god dude your cum tastes like mm. manna from heaven and uh i want to live inside of your butt <laughs> and Did i don't you say mayonnaise from heaven manna oh okay you know manna i like mine very better but or mana? I don't know how you pronounce it, but mayonnaise. Yeah. Oh, you got mayonnaise from heaven. Come, mm-hmm. Kyle. It's C, like a, it's a fucking... real miracle whip. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a... <laughs> yeah, that right. That yeah. works. Um, Kyle. See, as someone who's planning a wedding right now, fucking love you, bro. If I ever see you in real life, I'm I'm I don't even know what I'm gonna do, but it's probably illegal in some states. Um. Okay. So today, me and Vince. Are going to be talking about from season six, episode twelve, Kaisha, which is the uh, the season finale of Sopranos season six uh, A, and our guest today, ah, oh, fantastic, fantastic guest. He's the co-host, producer, and the music composer for the podcast Blowback, which uh, just wrapped up its second season, talking about Cuba. The first season they talked about the war in Iraq. So fucking good. Check it out. Our guest today is brendan james hey how's it going it's going good man how you doing okay uh you know i'm a winter boy so it's nice and cold and snowy here in new york and that's made me happy and that's 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 really all i need right now it's it's nice i've never been to new york when it's snowing um but like so in my mind uh it's a beautiful winter wonderland filled with uh pure white snow and and giant buildings for like a day is that is that the case <laughs> for less than a day it's that yeah i mean i was walking home one night uh, on the later side when it actually started to snow and it was uh very beautiful and you know you could see the flakes under the street lamps and all that mm. and then you know i woke up and it's pretty grimy and uh it, i, I, I question my whole enjoyment of it but you know does, it was good for those hours does the snow get gross or something is that yeah you know trucks pass by and all this shit and mud all and the, dogs sucks. go to work on it you know including mine so it's uh it's temporary but i i was worried we wouldn't get any snow so i'm glad we got some do you ever oh, do yeah. the dog turd and a snowball trick uh one of my cousins what? pulled that on me one time. i don't know that one <laughs> <laughs> i think i could guess what it is though yeah, yeah. is that when you make yeah you a take a dog, dog turd? D- a dog pr- turd he put it in the snow he hit me with a snowball and i went to wipe it off my jacket and then i was like why does that oh god damn it but it was really that's, i was really impressed at the same that's time. diabolical yeah that's a lot of planning that's like you have to be yourself okay with touching doo-doo in yeah, order well, to did, be... did he have to find some and yeah then, where'd he get it or did yeah. he have a dog and then he made the dog do it in the t- same time period he knew he wanted to do this to you he did have a dog i don't know exactly where he found it i uh, i don't remember that well but uh i, I don't know if it was well, uh, I mean, we have some idea of where he found it but <laughs> right i don't know if originally. it was specifically scavenged for that purpose or uh, if yeah. he was like actually you know waiting waiting around or for if the he, dog. yeah maybe he had it in a bag for a while and he's like usually i throw this away but i'm saving this one for vince well look i mean as a dog owner it doesn't take that long to find dog doo-doo if you want some you know Oh, yeah. No, I, uh, even without owning a dog, I could find you some doo-doo. True. I'm glad this is where my uh, guest appearance is starting the, uh, <laughs> the tra- trajectory of the of the show. I don't know if this You're always right. happens. or um, It goes, it goes downhill there. from here, so... Okay. I mean, we usually at some point talk about dog do, but um, you're right. This sure. is, you know, we're going to talk about Sopranos. Uh, so, Brendan James, a uh, quick interview with you about the Sopranos. Do mm-hmm. you uh, do you like the Sopranos? Uh, I'm coming around on it. Yeah, I'm starting oh, yeah. to like it. Yeah. 
Hell yeah. Yeah, because I, I noticed, because uh, I listened to Blowback, and one of the things I appreciate about it is the fact that you guys play a lot of Sopranos clips on the show. Uh, yeah, that's me, because I do those, you know, the audio drops and stuff. And um, I think we did more of that in the first season, and I, I just felt like a lot of the moments could be punctuated well with um those those types of audio drops although there's a great one for cuba uh mm-hmm. where in pine barrens i think chris yeah. and Polly, before going into the russians house debate the reality or not of the cuban <laughs> missile crisis that i definitely <laughs> used where he says i thought that was a movie um, yeah. so yeah i yeah. mean I'm, i was kidding and obviously in my answer i'm a big fan of the show and i i, I don't want to overplay it but i have a fairly encyclopedic knowledge of the the most you know kind of quotable moments that would plug into the show that i do so uh i'm trying to make use of them when they work same with the simpsons and a lot of other stuff yeah i feel like the simpsons is so much harder because of the fact that like uh everyone of our generation has maybe about seven to nine seasons worth of simpsons quotes like ready yeah. to go at all times but yeah. there's another yeah. what 11 they made, 15 yeah they made like seasons? 15 after that well, I don't acknowledge those, and I don't no. use any audio from those, so it's okay, easier good. for me yeah. personally. But yes, I, I I mine the the Golden Era Simpsons clips as well, because that too is just this rich text that you can draw a lot of stuff out of when you're when you're trying to, you know, add some color to the to the production. Yeah, yeah. Do you find that like, uh, well, do you have like a favorite like Sopranos character or someone that you enjoy? Um, that's a tough one because. I think one of the obvious strengths of the show are that even is that even the the smallest characters are are great. Um, you know, sort of foregoing the main obvious choices that that mm-hmm. people most relate to, you know, Tony or Christopher or Adriana. Um, I always liked Feech Lamana played by Robert <laughs> yeah. Loggia because I love Robert Loggia, but his character is also great. I like that sort of uh, trying to gauge what the you know agenda is of this guy coming out of prison somewhat like phil leotardo but even more mm. hard to read and his power struggle with tony it's relatively brief as far as the show goes but it's very intense and i i i always uh like it when he comes up in season five yeah no he's he's fantastic and you're you're right i i do feel like uh he of the you know uh, the story arc that is often repeated on the show of Guy gets out of prison and just uh, starts trying to claim piece of mafia that he used to yeah. own. Yeah. Like his is the most like, um, I don't know, he's the most cagey about it. Because you're like, I'm not sure if he wants to, like, he's not trying to be boss mm-hmm. like no. a Richie April or uh, no. Phil Leotardo. He just wants to run the card game and tell people stories. It's a generational conflict. And yeah. and it and it's it's different than, yeah, than Richie April. And, and there's that great scene with the card game where you see him in the background not laughing yeah. and that that's like a very good character moment and, and again it's very brief because they're trying to say we're not doing this this season we're yeah. not doing another ralphie we're not doing another richie so yeah. it's got a different spin to it although i love ralphie and oh, i love yeah. uh olivia is probably my um oh, yeah. my all-time favorite character but um i i do like the feature lamana episodes yeah well. is him not laughing in the background of that that's me at every uh comedy show in which i'm not booked but i show up just to <laughs> yeah. just to just like to see who face. books this <laughs> yeah just see who books it i'm just robert Loza just staring going i could have done the joke better <laughs> 
Uh, so I, I relate to him is what I'm saying. And I belong in prison. Um, but this is not a uh, podcast where I interview people about The Sopranos. No, this is a Sopranos rewatch podcast. And we, of course, cannot start the podcast without first playing the theme song. Pod. 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 Podcast. Pod. 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 Podcast. Oh, right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen and everyone else. Today, as I said before, we are going to be talking about from season 6A of The Sopranos, episode 12, Kaisha. Now, this episode came out on uh, June 4th, 2006. Vince, break us off a little piece of that synopsis. Tony and Phil begin an explosive conflict that puts Phil in the hospital, while Christopher and Tony both embark on new romances with the same woman. Oh, that is... That, that sounds is, like a recipe for yeah. whew, what that what that is is uh, uh, that is not the actual scenario. <laughs> like that's <laughs> yeah. The, whoever wrote that did not watch the episode, but I mean, close enough. I, I guess. guess. I mean, maybe like Tony Havana syndromed Phil somehow with the explosion <laughs> at the at the uh, card game. I don't know. That's yeah. an interesting theory. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He had uh, one of those super microwave things that uh, targeted microwave uh, rays that you shoot into Phil Leotardo's heart. Well, well, that's why Asif Manvi couldn't figure it out. None of his tests. uh, He didn't have any tests uh, sophisticated enough for that. Um, I'm sorry to bring up The Simpsons again on a Sopranos podcast, but I remember one time, it's probably different now. I was looking where to, before I bought the DVDs, I was looking where I could watch The Simpsons online. And of course, Amazon had it. And I looked at this season six uh, caption, like description, and uh, I don't know who writes these, but it it was funny and how off base it was for a Simpsons like audience to read. It says the Simpsons are the perfect animated TV family, perfectly outrageous. The typical American family, complete with a dad who yells, a mom who nags, and three kids who get blamed for everything. <laughs> Just like Maggie gets blamed for everything every episode. That is not not how it works. This that that synopsis writer is like a duck who only does one thing. It's just like you could. It it only knows how to tread water, and that's the only like. This is the only thing I know how to do. It's the bird from Homer's from King Size Homer clicking yes. But yeah, uh, I always thought that was great because it's just completely. Completely um, lacking any awareness of what it's describing. You so could I like replace that. I like that. literally any show title with that. You say Full House, exact same it show. Really, yeah, sure. If that was Full House, if that was the Brady Bunch, I would get it. it. The it's Goldberg. Just weird. It's Modern yeah. Family. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Just the fucking search and replace for the show title and just just paste it in there. Yep. Ugh. The kids get blamed for everything. 
That, oh, okay. well, Maggie did shoot Mr. Burns. She did mm. shoot Mr. Burns. I think it's the only time she really, no one really yelled at her. No one really blamed her. Yeah. They all hated yeah. him. And, but, uh, and Homer yells. So I don't know why I I'm complaining. I guess Homer yells. He mostly, I guess, Doe is kind of yelling. Mm. Sure. It's a yell. Well, he used to I strangle. Mean, he grunt. He used to strangle Bart in the early episodes. That's yes. true, but it wasn't, you, you would, you know, mostly strangle, not yell. Either way, abusive. You don't want to put that in the description either. A dad who <laughs> abuses his son <laughs> yeah. physically. Physically abusive dad chokes kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that uh, was the sitcom formula. It's like, well, there's a dad who's an idiot and a mom who's uh-huh. way too attractive for him. Uh, yeah. And for some reason, the they all love each other very much. <laughs> like, they should have done that with the Homer. It's like, Tony, oh, hey. Tony is kind of Fred Flintstone-esque. You know, oh, like, totally. They're yeah. very similar. They're very similar as characters. Who's Barney then? Barney was uh, Bobby Bacala? Probably. I think of Barney is more Silvio. Yeah. 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 You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah. He's his advisor and, and close, close confidant. Yeah, for sure. For sure. About, and the, then... about the Brontosaurus burgers. <laughs> That's Satriel's. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, uh, Vince, what was going on at the time? Oh, uh, Matt, in America, that I, this episode came out. Yeah, I think what you really mean to say is that uh, you, we cannot evaluate art divorced of its cultural context. Uh-huh. Uh, therefore, we have to uh, try and figure out what that context was uh, in the Remember When machine. What? What? Remember then, 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 then. Remember Remember when is the lowest form of conversation. That's right. We're going all the way back to June 4th, 2006. Uh, we had some doozy stories uh, going on at the time. Ooh, uh, this one is from the Mod- Modesto B, uh, just up the road from me here in Fresno. Uh, some people having a devil of a time with 666. What? If given a choice, some expectant mothers in Modesto want to avoid giving birth Tuesday. Their child's birthday would be 666 or 666, which is often interpreted as the biblical mark referring to the devil, Satan, and the Antichrist, who will bring mm-hmm. on the apocalypse. There's a there's an easy fix there if someone just tells them that it's 662006 <laughs> that breaks up the pattern yeah, entirely. Yeah. yeah, this is a Y2K problem. Uh, oh my god! I love that this is a Modesto B story. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> it's on the front page. This is the top. It's literally the top story <laughs> on a People Sunday. People need to know. Yeah. Uh, Modesto physician Harvey Pallet said a couple of patients have asked to have a cesarean se- section or their labor induced Monday because of the ominous date. I mean, but don't isn't there part of these mothers who are like, "Fuck yeah!" I mean, this is not. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, they, we need we need uh, like a goth for perspective. There's got to be a like one goth in Modesto who's just like fuck yeah. I'm trying to fucking get a preemie right now. My baby's not due for two months, but I want it out six six six. Also, it should be up to the child when they want to come out. Absolutely. If it's on the devil's day, mm-hmm. then that may or may not appeal to them later in life. Maybe yeah. they'll just they'll they'll try really hard to you know overcome that. Or if they like it, then they'll that's up to them. You know, that's, that's their true. that's their life. Yeah, it's it's the like uh, the pro life position on this is that the baby gets to choose when it's time to come. That's out. what I'm. That that is my position, and yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, what God wants, and by God I mean Satan, the yes. real God. Yes. Uh, 
Uh, <laughs> elsewhere, the effort to repeal the estate tax said to be faltering. Uh, mm. A decade-long drive to permanently repeal the estate tax is about to come to a head, but proponents are finding it surprisingly difficult to get their political football into the end zone. Uh, mm. The repeal proposal may be an indirect casualty of Hurricane Katrina, which forced Senate leaders to postpone a vote on the plan in September when hopes it would pass were high. What's this? Is that the death tax? Well, it yeah. was this. It was this unfair penalty uh, towards job creators that uh, oh. we had for a while there. Okay. I bet Grover Norquist was right up in there for yeah. that one. I remember now, that was because well, they, now- they call it the death tax. Yes. Yeah. I do appreciate that Grover Norquist uh, pivoted to become like the vape guy. Like he is very is that adamant. What he does now? Where is Wait, he? Wh- when He's did that very happen? like check his Twitter feed. He's very adamant about like <laughs> I will. vape I vaping will. laws, and I kind of I kind of agree with him on the vape laws. You should be allowed to vape. Or <laughs> well, libertarians you want. always have that five percent that's reasonable. Yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah, so yeah. true. Yeah, that's how they get you, and then you're like, and then they're that's like, they oh, also here here's some pieces of silver that we're gonna use to pay each other for unlicensed dental practice procedures. I'm looking. Yeah. I'm looking at his at his feed. I'm seeing you know just this is this is not scientific. I'm just looking. It's a lot of tax stuff. There's mm-hmm. the Austrian Institute. Um, I don't Probably know what that is. For a while, he was he was going hard on the vape stuff. I, I, I I'm sad if he's not anymore. But uh, he's I, not I hope- he's not into social distancing. I don't think yeah. looks like he's got a Margaret Thatcher account. He's promoting. <laughs> she's dead, obviously, but it's someone saying that they're her. So that's what he's up to today. My, my favorite thing was for a while. Uh, Will Smith's son Jaden followed yeah. one account on twitter and it was bob marley and uh, oh hell yeah i thought that was perfect <laughs> real bob marley yeah. yeah it was a verified account too that was the greatest. bob marley quotes <laughs> official bob marley it was yeah. i don't know which of his garbage men are running that but uh yeah uh so that's that's going on i think they succeeded in repealing that eventually and then they put it back uh yeah sort of i don't know mm. um and then here's this sort of fun outlier from uh, the Baltimore Sun. Tremor drug linked to odd compulsions. Uh, Parkinson's patients reported to begin gambling buying sprees. Uh, faced with a steady de- deterioration from Parkinson's disease, Jim Sweet leapt at the chance to try a new drug that promised to relieve the tremors brought on by the death of cells deep in his brain. Uh <laughs> destroyed the part of them that, that likes to moderate their gambling. Yeah. It was a blessing for Sweet until some something unusual started happening. First, he started buying things in eBay auctions. A camera, a reclining leather chair, a big screen TV, sunglasses, costume jewelry, and dozens of other items. He dived into online gambling, lottery tickets, and penny stocks. Before long, he was disappearing for days to play slot machines at Indian casinos near his home in Rancho Cucamonga, California. What the fuck? He ran, is... he ran through his savings and pawned his CD collection, his children's video game player, and his wedding ring. <laughs> <laughs> Gambling was something I could not turn off, said Sweet, a former middle, middle school teacher. Although Mirapex and similar dopamine drugs have helped thousands of Parkinson's patients, researchers are beginning to detect a small group for which the medicine seems to trigger bizarre, out-of-control urges. Wow. <laughs> An elderly love... California widower started wearing dresses, heels, and lipstick. One man became obsessed with fast driving and abandoned his job to ride a jet ski up the California coast. According All of these people sound like they're living their best lives <laughs> well, and they're acting the like it's a I mean, side it, effect. If it made them feel better, then that's just them taking life by the reins, it sounds yeah. like to me. Every day is a gift for these people. 
these are all specific things like images that you see in ads for prescription drugs <laughs> right and they're yeah. saying like whoa 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 we don't actually want you to smile and play basketball and, and pet a golden or, retriever or, here. or, this or is... craps or play craps and or lose all your money craps. <laughs> yeah. yeah blackjack is okay because he has a better chance against the house on exactly that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly this is a complaint that one of the people had is like now i can't stop jet skiing you know the shakes was one thing but but now i'm living life to the extreme too much i love that yeah i mean all of a sudden like your 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 tremors are gone but all of a sudden you're living life a quarter mile at a time (laughs) uh top movies in the country were the breakup uh Mm x-men the last stand over the hedge uh the da vinci code and mission impossible three the top pop song in the country was Riding by Chameleon Air featuring Crazy Bone. Oh, great song. Close friend of Matt. Uh, and the top mm-hmm. rock song was is still uh, Danny California by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, <laughs> which is <laughs> wow about a girl Sometimes named Danny who is named like after I the state of California. Danny California. <laughs> that's the song, right? Yep, yep that's it. Um, okay, so that's what was going on. At the time that this episode came out, don't you now, feel better now that you have context? What would you do I think without the, the knowing themes about the themes of the the themes explored in Over the Hedge are very much at play in this episode of the show, so we uh, can connect those. A- absolutely, absolutely, and uh, yeah. Um, so uh, next, I have uh, the Bada B stories for you. Um, uh, of course, you know, Brendan James, you uh, write all of the original music. For blowback, uh, and it's great original music. Um, and Thank uh, you. same here, dude. I do all mm-hmm. of the music for uh, Pod Yourself a Gun. Um, and a lot of reviews calling him the theme song. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I so can already tell. You can tell that I, uh, you know, this is yeah. A, a lot of musical. a lot of reviews calling him the Brendan James of Pod Yourself a Gun. So including me. So yeah. far, I'm saying that. Yeah. Um. So this week's Pod a B story uh, is um. It's all about um, the wonderful AJ Soprano, um, who who meets uh, the beautiful Blanca while uh, he is pushing his wheelbarrow, and uh, enjoy. AJ's <laughs> like, hey, what's up? Hello, seen your pretty ass pushing my wheelbarrow. Nice to meet you, Blanca. I'm AJ Soprano. I just want to chill and give you my W four. That's a text withholding. It's a real important form. She's a drag queen. Hope she's Catholic. She's at the bar and I can tell that she's alone Sits next to me and gives me digits to her phone Only six numbers says I gotta work for it Man, I swear I love her, will she let me hit though? Puerto Rican kids yell outside her window I go downstairs, give those kids my bicycle I'm in love with Blanca and I'll never let him go I get a ride from my baby I be eating gabagool inside with my baby So you, of course, can hear the <laughs> full song at the end of the episode. Oh my God, your dog's begging! Sorry, oh. my my dog is hogging the camera. Oh, that's a that's that a, ham. a really cute that, dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you want? Hey, 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 doggy! Do you like Fetty Wap? <laughs> That was adorable. I mean, he's actually standing on his hind legs. I'm sorry. I feel like that um, newscaster guy where where his kid came in in the middle of him talking about Ukraine or whatever. Right, right. And, and then the kid was like dancing. And then his wife came in. And his to, wife scooped him to up. Grab yeah. the kid. 
Yeah, oh, sorry. That was great. Bobka's um, in her crate now. So let's get into the episode. General thoughts about this. Vince, what do you think about this episode? Yeah, I really like this episode. Uh, to me, this was the Sopranos take on like the Christmas episode that a lot of mm-hmm. shows do. But it's, you know, it's like a a suitably sort of cynical uh, take on Christmas episode. It's sort of everyone is all the characters are in the middle of making decisions that are going to turn out horribly for them. Um, but for now they're just going to sort of let it slide and get together and uh, enjoy a nice uh, dinner together, which was weirdly, uh, weirdly heartwarming at the end. Yeah, that was sweet. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brendan, would you like this episode? Yeah, I, I did. Um, it's the final episode of season 6A, I mm-hmm. think is the technical uh, term. And mm-hmm. it does feel, I, I would echo, <clears throat> actually I would echo Vince there, and that it's, it, it's very clear that they're trying to set you up for this last moment yeah. of normalcy, um, or even, you know, warmth in general with the, with the final Christmas feelings at the end and everyone grouped together except for Meadow um around the you know the the family uh dynamic uh with maybe things looking up for aj and all this stuff is it's it's the last hurrah before things get pretty much in the very next episode mm-hmm. um deteriorate uh into my favorite aspect of season six which is just the grim decline um oh, yeah. which is already which it's already been going on but this really is one of those last moments i think really where the show um feels um something other than deeply grim and alienating yeah i mean like the sort of uh like the larger uh, the larger thrust of the show is it's like sort of set in the crumbling empire of the mafia which is like you know a reflection of the crumbling uh empire of america at the time and uh, this is kind of like you know you can live in a crumbling empire but you're still gonna find some you're still gonna find some joy here and there, even You'll though, even, even though, even though, if shit's going all downhill uh, around yeah. you, yeah, Her- there's Wordle. We have Wordle and yeah. things mm-hmm. like that. Heroin is still a joy that we all <laughs> sure, sure, love. it's out yeah. there. Um, yeah, I, I, I also like this episode for the same reasons. I, I feel like the, the one, I don't know, partial gripe I have about it upon rewatch is, um. Uh, it, it had been a while since I had seen this episode, but, it, you know, it's something that I, you know, having rewatched The Sopranos a bunch, I know everything that's going to be happening in the future. And I was trying to pin down why some of the scenes um, felt kind of stilted. And I, I, I realized that um, this episode, when I first saw it, was actually filled with a lot of tension because you're spending... Uh, maybe the second half of the episode wondering who's about to die mm. because there's a scene in which agent Harris meets up with Tony at Satrials and says, one of your guys, someone close to you is being targeted by Brooklyn. And there's all these scenes between Chris and uh, Juliana where you uh, you see them kind of like talking and, and the shots, you know, will be from outside or there's a lot of strange tension filled shots where you're like, what's going on? And having already seen the, you know, seen the episode and know when people die and if they die, um, I realized that it doesn't really translate upon rewatch. Instead, there are just parts of this episode that are kind of boring. Mm. Um, You know, there's uh, seeing uh, seeing a little too much of the um, 
I don't know, maybe it's me a personal thing, but after a while you get real tired of Chris being a junkie. <laughs> You're just like, oh my God, dude. Oh my God. <laughs> I, like, I understand. Figure it out, man. God. Figure it yeah, out. Yeah. As someone You're addicted who, to heroin. What's the big deal? Get I, over it. I, that's what I say every time. Like, come on, dude, get over it. What yeah. are you, a fucking weak? I, 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 and watching this episode, this is all of, uh, it has almost every single one of David Chase's like ticks that we've come to know mm-hmm. and love. Like all of his little idiosyncrasies are on display, starting with the fact that he just loves to blue ball the audience. And I, and I feel like it. he's very much playing with the expectation that, uh, you know, end of the season, someone's got to die. I think it was like right. two How long was it be- between this season and the next one? It was like a long time. It was I like, think. yeah, like two years or something. Yeah. And or so like a year and a half. he's kind of playing with the, the expectation. Did he write this one though? I thought in the he didn't, beginning I don't think of the he, no, no, he didn't write this one, I don't but think. But he might have like planned out that this is what he wanted to happen in this yeah. episode. Yeah. And you know, and it's got uh multiple like little fat he likes to put little fat jokes in here. I, I, I like I don't know if that came from him or his writers, but they really love to just uh you know Does he? Do what, what what's in this episode with that? There's Christopher being like, Yeah, hey, he's probably thinking about whether he should have oh, a third yeah, yeah. sandwich. You know? Well, because <laughs> I, I you know, those work for me because he's knocking Tony in a kind of defensive Oh yeah, it way totally works in that for moment. Me. Oh, yeah. all of the fat jokes work for us. They work. We yeah. just point yeah. out that I just, I just, David Chase oh, loves them. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I thought we were still in the complaint section. Oh yeah, no. that, that, that's an interesting <laughs> that's an interesting perspective with the uh, Matt that you were saying with the mm-hmm. rewatch not lending itself to what the episode's trying to do because you already know yeah. how things end. I hadn't thought about that. I mean, this is the first time I've watched the show actually in a while. And I was I was not getting that so much. I think, um, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about the highs and the lows if, mm-hmm. if there are too many lows. But I it, it worked okay for me because I liked the already sort of latent feeling of like I said, of the doom that is inevitably coming yeah. after this episode. That's like on a rewatch. That's why I like it mm-hmm. is because it is consciously knowing mm-hmm. what's going to happen. This is the last somewhat, um, you know, jolly atmosphere where no one's too pissed off at anyone else. Mm-hmm. No one does die. And even in a tense scene, you know, a relatively tense scene, like when the family meets Blanca, which I find to be maybe the most kind of, eggshell moment in the show because they they don't like that she's puerto yeah. rican and and 10 years older than aj um you know maybe certain complaints there are more valid than others um they th- that's that's still relatively you know um harmless tension yeah and, i think they wrote that not causing in a, a problem much, much more deft way than they've written uh that kind of scene in past episodes i really like the way they did that. and and yeah. when i say well, like not tony I, telling telling meadow's black boyfriend that he's a insert slur here you know? yeah right yeah yeah Which no, I, I actually don't mind that scene because that is realistic for right. tony to do but it's it's much more subtle it makes that. sense that he would have uh you know learned from that a little bit or like yeah. maybe yeah, learned yeah, to temper point. his his shit a little bit uh but when i like when i bring up david chase's ticks i don't i don't never i really don't mean that in a negative way like i come to know like once i recognize things that he likes to do or at least that the sopranos likes to do uh like they love an overconfident doctor uh oh yeah they love to shit on doctors it's their favorite thing it's just it's, like and in this look it's at these fucking god god complex motherfuckers well that was well, yeah because there's Asif Manvi in this one plays a not very good doctor. Right. And then 
there's uh in the one in season five when everyone thinks uh adriana and tony you know fooled around mm-hmm. there's the doctor is the guy who clears it up but he's kind of a He's a prick about than now prick <laughs> yeah. about everything. Like I'm not saying he should have taken the money from what was clearly a weird mob interaction. Yeah. That's okay, but he's yeah, he's in, he's annoying in how uh self-important he is. I can't remember other doctors in the no, show. They, There's the they started doctor. with Dr. Kennedy, oh, like Dr. The, Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yes. Yes, who also plays a doctor in Breaking Bad, which is kind of yeah, weird. Yeah, he does. That's right. Yeah, he's uh typecast as a as a Dr. Kennedy. Maybe um, he's a doctor in real life and that's why he's so good at it. That's that's a, that's what how you get actors. You yeah. just go to they your actual doctor. They hadn't discovered Ken Jong yet, so they had to use this guy. Yeah. They, had, yeah, yeah, they yeah. should put him in charge of the of the COVID. That's right. <laughs> um so yeah, so we start off with the the opening scene of this episode uh in which we get to see uh, Carlo pick up Fat Dom's frozen head and kick it into yep. a storm drain. <laughs> yeah, which I, I like how they just they, they structured that as like a as like a heartwarming uh, people <laughs> doing stuff on Christmas Eve kind of scene. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I like that it's wrapped in the like fucking like deli deli fucking yeah. paper, you know, just because like, hey, that's what you wrap up any kind of meat, including human meat. Pretty smart the that they just froze it. Like, I, I wouldn't have thought to like freeze a body for easier cleanup, but that makes a lot that's of sense. That's how uh, Richard Richard Kuklinski got his name, the Iceman. Mm. Um, oh. You know, it can help that's uh, among other the things. They, they he I don't know if this is completely scientifically accurate, but I think probably... When the Iceman was doing it in the 70s uh, and 80s, the idea was it would help disguise the time of death and therefore prevent the more precise, you know, investigation. That makes um, sense. But yeah, I, I like that opening scene, both for the Moonlight Mile mm-hmm. uh, needle drop, which is very good. It's a very Sopranos track. Totally. And the, and the grim head disposal. I also like uh, Carlo as a character. I like when, when he gets a little moment. He's often sort of neglected. He doesn't draw too much attention to himself in the show, but ultimately he plays a pretty significant part in the end of the of, of the series, even though it's yeah. kind of subtle. Yeah, and uh, I, I mean, you know, he's the one who decided to stab Fat Dom for uh, doing one too many uh, gay yes. jokes about Vito. Y- yes, which is interesting because he was also, not to talk about that episode with Vito, but he was also one of the hardest anti-veto homophobic mm-hmm. guys but uh, well it makes sense because he stabbed them because he was doing gay jokes about carlo he was <laughs> he was saying like hey we found his lipstick around his asshole that's or some true. shit like that that dom seemed like a jerk and uh i i, I don't miss him well it's like jersey episode. jersey mafia is allowed to talk shit on jersey but if an outsider does it sure uh yeah yeah you can't yeah. no and he did clearly just show up to make fun of brag. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He came there because he he was one of the people actually did the hit uh, along with Phil Leotardo. So he came oh, just to I didn't to remember fucking, that. Yeah, he came just to fucking basically be like, right. I'm the Rub one who in. did it. Um, so yeah, he deserved to get his head cut off, frozen, and then kicked sure. into a storm drain <laughs> in Connecticut. Sure. It, fuck, it was fucking great. Um, <laughs> that's such, I mean, just a great visual. <laughs> like, that's A-plus writing. Just him trying to... Stomp the head into the storm drain. Well, and also the guy, his name is Fat Don, and even his head is not <laughs> yeah. fitting yeah. through the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah. a problem when you're that fat. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, and then you know, in the in the same opening sequence, we see Phil and his Gumar are in uh, Sheep's Head Bay. 
uh, in Brooklyn and they get uh, blown back by a bomb uh, that explodes in their wire room. Uh, and, you know, Benny calls Tony and is like, it's done. Uh, so this is the the Philiotardo and New York storyline of this episode, um, mm-hmm. which I, I really I really love because mm-hmm. uh, I. I this season has been a good amount of um, stuff uh, of the family stuff that I really love the Sopranos for, you know, fucking Tony in the hospital and fucking, you know, Carm going to Paris and all, mm-hmm. all this stuff that I usually am like, this is why I watch the show. Mm-hmm. But this growing tension between Phil Leotardo and Tony has been like brewing this whole season. And now you kind of see it like coming to fruition. I mean, they got him planting bombs and shit. So we have Tony and Phil uh, having a sit down uh, mediated by little Carmine, <laughs> which is one of, one of my fucking favorite scenes yeah. in the show. Um, I actually I have a I have a clip of that. Now, for whatever reason, certain incidents have expired lately that could have an adverse impact on our respective bottom lines. I know Vito's bottom was impacted, if that's what you're referring to. You're talking about one of my captains. Captain? The good ship Lollipop, right? Phil, please. Talk about Ernest. How about Fat Dom Gamiello? What about him? Well, as coincidence would have it, he was last seen in New Jersey. So was the Hindenburg. Maybe you want to look into that, too. I got to imagine that Tony has that Hindenburg line ready to go at all times. Well, he watches a lot of History Channel. That's true. Yeah. That's true. He's watching he's it in been... this episode, I think. There's a Lincoln documentary he's watching. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, he I... Is... I He's watching a documentary, uh, and the clip we see him watching is about how Lincoln was depressed. Lincoln was depressed, which is, <laughs> he's a leader who is depressed, as is Tony. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's an accident either. Um, and, and there might be a war, you know, mm-hmm. uh, not exactly a civil a, war, but kind, but kind of a civil war. So there's civil know, war. Italian it's, it's v. Inter, Italian. It's intermafia, yeah. Yeah. No, it's always good to see little Carmine. Uh, I, you know, I'm sure we all keep track of his malapropisms. And oh, yeah. I, I counted in this one three, if you count his dad's bad, his dad's um, inartful uh, advice. A pint of blood costs more than a gallon of gold. Because yeah. as we all know, uh, we also... measure gold uh, in, in gallons. gallons. Yeah. Everyone's got that liquid gold. Yeah, A for effort. He was trying to say something real. Um, the the inclement negative mm-hmm. implications is great. Yep. And as you just uh, played in the clip, certain incidents have expired recently. Tony also yeah. gets a good one in there where he says, yeah, why don't we just let the past be bygones? Yep. 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 Um, yeah, they, they, they have to, they, they often, I think it depends on the writer's they sometimes give Tony some of that stuff. Right. Uh, Revenge is like serving cold cuts is probably the most like, uh, didn't quite pass the smell test for me. Mm -hmm. One, because he's not, you know, and, and sometimes uh, I think again, depending on the writers, Tony is a little cleverer than his minions or, or certainly Carmine. And other times he says the malapropisms, but they're always fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's certain characters I, ex- I uh, uh, accept it from and like like Pauly can do a malapropism and I will I'll love it just the same. But no one beats Little Carmine. I especially no, liked Little Carmine just for the general role that he's playing here because, yeah, you know, in terms of the mafia mirroring. Uh, the broader uh, American capitalist court culture. He's he's sort of like the know nothing uh, corporate consultant who comes in and has opinions, and mainly his job is to be self important and uh, and yeah. to, and to believe that his job is very important, uh, and that's like that's that's the long and that's most of 
his entire purpose is to believe that he is important and he is providing value to both of these organizations. Yeah, his 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 character arc is also, you know, he's never going to be a boss. I think he gives that up in five, but mm-hmm. he likes the prestige that his legacy, his dad's legacy, still gives him. So he wants to do all the kind of fun, you know, yeah. touchy feely parts of being a boss, where he gets to bring people together and organize sit downs without actually doing any of the more grisly stuff. Yeah, he wants an excuse to like wear a nice <laughs> suit and say big words that he doesn't know what they mean. Yes. And and this is like a perfect role for him being this kind of like mediator diplomat. Th- well, you know, it, it re- looks like it might be perfect until. The well, end of the right. I mean, that's the problem he's, with he's, him being too stupid. He's trying to make the. He's trying to turn himself into like the McKinsey of the mafia, which uh, is sure really enjoyable. Uh, the the clip continues with his uh, with his eventual fuck up. Let the past be bygones. Fine with me. Now, what I'd love to see is a truce. Wipe the slate clean. The no-shows, the wire room, veto, put it all behind us. Your brother Billy, whatever happened there. All right, then. Whatever uh, happened there. Shoot. Whatever happened there. God rest his soul. I'll tell you what fucking happened. This piece of shit's cousin Calm put down, six Phil. bullets in the kid without any provocation whatsoever. My cousin's dead. Fuck you. Phil. Hey, we were making headway here. I didn't mean to Fuck say... Fuck what you meant, cocksucker. <laughs> whatever happened there, I mean the shooting. Yeah. I mean, you can't be stupider than that. But and it's, uh... I, I do love how uh, Phil keeps interjecting and then the last ditch effort he's doing god, god rest his soul like he's thinking like <laughs> yeah, I yeah, still yeah. i could still turn this around if i yeah. say that maybe yeah, yeah yeah i gotta i gotta say something catholic here this yeah. uh yeah this this spoke to me very much uh as an as a reflection of italian american culture which is that uh there's always at least one uncle that cannot let anything fucking go ever mm-hmm. uh and that's phil leotardo like if you just yeah. if you just bring up the thing that pissed him off in the past he yeah. is going to talk about it for the next 20 minutes and you you've just fucked up your whole day. Yeah, and there's nothing nothing you can do about it. Like at that point it is clear um, you know, uh, any progress that was made between uh the two was completely lost. And uh so now Phil is like having a meeting with the Brooklyn crew. We got uh we got handsome guy uh and we got uh Jerry, guy with the weird eye. I think eye. his name is Jerry what? is the handsome oh, guy. We- is he Jerry? I'm not uh, sure. I, like, I think that's there's Jerry. A, there's the, uh, there's a couple of handsome guys, but I I can't really tell them apart because they're too his, handsome. His, his hair cha- a- also changes color in the show a couple times. I think that's his little character point is that <laughs> Jerry's hair goes from blonde to brunette, but it's always like okay, big and wavy. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But then there's Butchie, who is, I was actually going to say before, Butchie with the one eye is one of my favorite characters. So yeah. A very uh, subtly uh, drawn drawn character. Yeah. And, and he gets more menacing and takes a bit more center stage in this episode for the re- and then the rest of the season six. Yeah, that is a uh, trivia corner. That is Gregory Antonacci, who went on to play Johnny Torrio uh, in right. Boardwalk Empire. He he was married Great to actor. Annie Potts in the 80s, and oh. he and Frank Vincent actually died one week apart in 2017. Wow. So, R.I.P. That's beautiful. Yeah. The Sopranos curse. Sopranos curse. Everyone just keeps dying. <laughs> Well, age. yeah, I mean, they kind of do with Gandolfini, yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, you got to die at some point, though. That's how it goes. Yeah, um, no, R- R- R.I.P., and, and he is great as Butchie, and I love this scene. Yeah, it's it's a great scene because, you yeah, you do get to see 
Butchie coming into his own. Um, and uh, and yeah, I I love you know Butchie's way of trying to get Phil to consider whacking a boss, which is something Phil won't do. And I uh, I have a I have a clip of it. Balls on this prick to blow up a store. You call that balls? Balls is you look a guy in the eye while you jam an ice pick to his lung. I meant balls as a nerve. Gall. I know what the fuck you meant. As far <laughs> as I'm concerned, this is like 9-11. Tony wanted our attention? Fine. He got our attention. Now we wipe him off the planet. You know that fat cocksucker says I look like the Shah of Iran? Who does? Tony. I never got that at all. Fat piece of shit. Uh-oh. <laughs> You know what that sound means. That means it's time for our once-in-a-while segment, uh, Who Did 9-11?, in which we ask our guests, because we just heard a 9-11 reference on The Sopranos, who did 9-11? So, Brennan James, who did 9-11? Is there going to be like a ticking clock, like a millionaire? Oh, uh, I'll, I'll add one yeah, in you post. Can, you can phone a friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. I'd have to... You know, a lot of people kind of lean toward national security state, mm-hmm. uh, you know, bin Laden. Uh, sure. Those are those are obvious. But I think I'd have to go with Bud Dwyer, R. Bud Dwyer, mm. the uh, Pennsylvania Dwyer. treasurer who killed himself, who allegedly shot himself in the head on live TV. Um, oh I don't yeah, believe, I've seen I don't that believe, video. I don't believe he did that. I believe he that was a that was staged in order for him to not be a suspect when he actually, oh. with with Al Qaeda and the deep state, um, uh, did 11 Yeah, yeah. Oh, so he faked his death. He did a fake faces of death video shooting himself. Yes. Well, because if so he was that- alive, he would have been the obvious suspect. Of course, yeah, because he seems like a sort of like a 9-11-ish type guy. Sure, tre- treasurer of Pennsylvania. Is, mm-hmm. Yeah, is, treasurer. That's not, and that's, that's a big, big motive for 9-11 was treasure. There's a lot of treasure. World Trade Center. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what do we trade? Money, treasure, commerce. Yeah. Treasure, treasure is money, coins. He wanted coins Pennsylvania to get more treasure. As, that's mm-hmm. his job, you know, to be fair. But he was going to do it in the most horrendous of ways. Yeah, Pennsylvania, Penn Station, Penn New Station. York. One of the planes uh, landed in, in, in Pennsylvania as well. That was him trying to take mm-hmm. out his own state as well. He went I've never, mad. I've never heard this theory, but um, me neither. I, I, I just I just came up with it about. I love it. It's, it's a great seconds theory. Ago. It's so you heard it here first on Pod Yourself a Gun. Bud Dwyer uh, did nine eleven. All Thank right, you. moving on. Uh, I, I hope so, they don't shut us down. I feel first. like they they. They had to repeat the Shaw comment just to make sure that people got the joke. Like we, like I got that joke the first time, but I feel like the writers had to insert that a couple times just to make sure that you understood how clever. The first they time are. it's Tony saying it, right? Yeah, our or friend is, the Shaw. Yeah, our friend the Shaw. Yeah, I, I, I do like Phil though, be, seeing him be angry that he's called that. And, yeah, and then I love the response of, of the other guy going, "I never saw that." yeah 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 no i don't see that connection at all that's what makes me laugh about it is that his stooge is being like boss i swear i never thought you looked like the shah yeah like just kind of unnecessarily intervening but that (laughs) 9-11 reference um it's it's not uh i mean i don't recall many of them being too on the nose i think that's a good reference because i actually remember they probably got it from what was in the air at the time and this isn't unique i remember that that kind of delivery People yeah. saying they got our attention. Now we need to kill, to, to kill all of them. 
Yeah. Um, that might have even been on like Stern the that day was, of. That was yeah. like half of Carlos Mencia's act at the time was like, right. oh man, I love it when <laughs> Bush is like going to go kill all those people because that's like how yeah. I would have done. But I, it, honestly, like someone I knew probably, I was a kid, but like maybe like an adult around me may have said like, you know, that exact formulation. So it rings true to me when Butchie says that as a mm-hmm. way to talk about <laughs> their fellow murderer and um, extortionist friend uh, that they need to get rid of in yeah. Tony. The sentiment too, uh, I think even at the time uh, felt like uh, ironic because by 2006, we are all very, very aware that it's not going to be as simple as you got our attention and now we're wiping you off the face of the of the map. It's like that is that it's it makes that line just uh, I don't know even more potent when it's but, like. But that's an interesting thing about the show is is I think an accurate portrayal of from what I've read you know my mm-hmm. kind of you know leisure reading about the mafia and stuff like that. Yeah. You know they were very patriotic. Sure. Despite their days spent trying to defraud. Among other things, the government and and escape the government and kill people involved with the government, they yeah. th- that all dissolves into an abstract when it comes to us versus another country. Right, right, right. And there's a great, you know, there's one where Christopher says to Adriana, "Didn't you hear what the president says? You know, we're gonna control the whole world with them. We're gonna wipe the floor and control the whole world." And so I, I think that these guys around this table probably do feel as though we did wipe them off the face of the earth and it was that simple. And that's right. the analogy that's called for here. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, even, if right, Iraq but... is, even if Iraq is still going on at that point, it's like, Oh, well we're still cleaning it up. Dick Cheney says it'll be over soon. You know, they, those types of guys believe that and, and, and probably, um, you know, sincerely yeah. thought that. So then we have Phil's wife, uh, is breaking his balls about, uh, clams, clams. Um, and then we we find out the woman that Phil is uh, was walking with. He was walking with his Gumar in the opening scene um, to the wire room, and when it explodes, um, and we find out that that's actually Phil's maid. Which um, mm. I don't know if that is something that's revealed uh, earlier, but uh, it's it's pretty great. Um, how, how how is that revealed? Yeah, I missed that. Episode? Uh, yeah, well, she, uh, Phil's wife says to the blonde maid woman, "Hey, make oh, sure that's to her. use." Yeah. Use I this like, that cleaning product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that was, and then you see this look that she's like giving, you know, Phil's, you know, horrible bukyak wife, and <laughs> <laughs> and so you uh, you realize, oh shit! So this is uh, this is the Gumar. Um, Good catch. I, I did not actually piece it together. I didn't know what that 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 look was about, but it's yeah. been a while since I've seen the show. Yeah, yeah, that is that. That's his guma, and uh, and then of course Phil is like not feeling good, and he ends up going to the hospital. And as we said before, talking to Asif Manvi, um, who reassures him that he is not having a heart attack and that it's just gas. Uh, cut to Phil is having a heart attack and <laughs> runs into the arms of Asif Manvi, which uh, I fucking I I don't know. I love that as like a. Um, as an image of someone just getting driven back to the hospital and falling into the arms of the of the guy who fucked up his diagnosis. I mean, it's great because it's like they don't really need this character for the drama of the episode at all, but they wrote him mm-hmm. like a full story arc just just because yeah. they're like, oh yeah, he's kind of incompetent, and now he's like shit in his pants because he fucked right. up this diagnosis. Yeah, 
Yeah. It was a micro it was a micro story that was just the Sopranos once again being like, fuck doctors. I don't know what doctors <laughs> did yeah. to the fucking writing staff or to David Chase, but I do love their disdain for the entire the entire field of medicine. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, at at the Bing, uh, Polly is uh, you know uh, talking about fucking a girl with a Santa hat on, <laughs> which is a great clip that I One have. One of the best. Uh, 
I fucked a girl we were to see and a half once. But I was too distracted. I kept losing my heart on her. Hey, Tom. Did you hear? Julia Tarlow took a heart attack. A big one, apparently. Oh! <laughs> so there is a Santa Claus. Here's the one thing I love about Polly. Um... And I think I love this about all of the uh, Italians in the mafia is that for the most uh, for being like so openly homophobic, they do love to talk about the relative hard or softness of their penises. They can't <laughs> stop talking about it. It's their favorite subject. It's yeah. it, uh, like, oh, I couldn't keep uh, I couldn't keep a heart on because she was wearing a Santa hat on. And it's just like this is um, you guys. <laughs> are very sensitive about two guys fucking but two guys just talking about how hard their dicks are is well that's why you don't want to okay. you don't want a gay guy around because you're sitting around talking about your dicks and, uh, and he'll, you know, he'll he'll get into it yeah, yeah you don't want his mouth watering exactly it'll be gross um <laughs> i just connected uh that it's interesting maybe the reason paulie was distracted is because he if i recall mm-hmm. back in season two hates santa claus because oh. because either before or after Pussy is discovered Big Pussy is discovered to be an informant and Tony's trying to remember when and yeah. say he was a great Santa Claus and Polly goes in the end fuck Santa Claus that's right and what we don't know whether this uh, sexual encounter happened before or after that but yeah. maybe that's uh, you know a little bit of a psychological moment there for Polly I like that I like that Polly later afterwards uh, is trying to. Distance himself. Yeah, well, was, we don't know. Maybe, maybe he was distracted, and then that fed into the Santa hate as well as as Big Pussy. But we know that he has a Santa complex in in some form or another. Totally. Yeah, he's he was trying to fuck this girl wearing a Santa hat, and she, he couldn't stop thinking about that time when he killed Pussy. <laughs> yeah, um, or vice like, versa. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so then uh, Tony finds out about the heart attack. And, of course, like, Tony is happy about it, but you can tell that, like, uh, Polly isn't, mostly because Polly is not... Um, superstitious. Uh, he's very superstitious, and he is, like, more afraid of um, something inside of him killing him than yes. a bullet. Yes. So he Has he had wanna... his biopsy yet in the show? Yeah, right? he's, yeah, he's yeah. in treatment yeah. for his prostate cancer right now as this right. is happening. And, I mean, if I recall, just having seen it, everyone is is actually quite bummed out about it except yes. for Tony. Because yeah. even Silvio, or I don't know who says it, but they're like, you think this is a good thing? And no one's smiling or laughing with Tony, right. which is, I think, yet another mm-hmm. uh, signal from the writers and, and the show in general that... You should not. You should no longer be considering Tony the moral <laughs> guide of this show, or this. Even his other goons who have done unspeakable things are grossed out by his delight in another person's suffering. Right, right, right. Yeah, and and I think you I'm know, with I'm uh, with Tony on this one. Uh, Philly Atardo is such I can't a miserable blame him too flick. much, right. but yeah, no. but 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 it's it's it's. I think that these mafia guys we see this a lot. Like when Tony is going head to head with Uncle Junior a couple of seasons ago, and then he finds out. Junior has cancer, they immediately embrace. Right. There's something about that. Well, once I know that you're fucked, I'm no longer going to hold as um, mm-hmm. as big a hard on, as they would say, against yes. you because we all believe in fate and Catholicism or whatever. The, and, you know, like that, right. that makes it suddenly they become way more sentimental as soon mm-hmm. as an illness is involved. And now Tony is even violating that. 
Also, it's they're all uh, incredibly sedentary fat guys who sit around eating cured meats all day. So, like, they're <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. bit like they understand. They're all vulnerable here. Yeah, yeah they, they all they're have all a, lot a of, slice of gabagool away from getting a heart. <laughs> there's attack. a lot of comorbidities yes. in this crew, and uh, oh, yes. they're very sensitive <laughs> to that kind of stuff. The smoke, the drink, you know, yeah, the way the bullets, all of it. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, uh, yeah. Sill tells him, you know, devil, you know, which uh, I think is. Uh, um, uh, an interesting thing that he says, uh, and Indeed. we will see later later on whether or not the devil you know is better or worse. Um, then we get the scene where Agent Harris tells Tony that someone close to him might be a target for Brooklyn. And finally, Tony visits Phil in the hospital and he gives him like a, I don't know, like a pep talk about how he's going to get out. And he's going to play with his grandkids and stuff. I can't tell if he's telling him he needs to retire or if he's telling him to, like, just relax. I think it's the former. It's it's yeah. either way. It, it's very manipulative, which, again, mm-hmm. you can't blame Tony for. But it, it's important to know that he's not doing it out of the kindness of his heart. We know that because he celebrated Phil's uh, bad news. But he says, yeah, you think about grandkids like he's, he's not necessarily saying retire altogether, but start to phase out. Don't mm-hmm. become more of an ambitious boss than you already are. Think about grandkids uh, sooner rather than later. You should maybe hand over the reins and and be nice to me and don't yeah. don't try to kill me or anyone I know. Yeah, uh, this is the scene in which you get to see Tony trying to summarize everything he learned from the first three episodes of the season in which he is, you know, in a coma in the in the hospital and the thing that he learned uh, seems to be like, um, uh, don't die, <laughs> don't die. Yeah, dying one. sucks. Um, if you die, uh, you go to a place that's bad. So don't go to the bad place. And also, um, you should you should retire from this and mm-hmm. say every day is a gift for about a three weeks, and then you should go back to being a murdering cunt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's what happens with Phil. Next storyline, Chris and uh, Juliana Schifuso, um, or Juliana Skiff, who is uh, a Jew and not uh, Schifuso. Um, but uh, yeah, so Tony finishes the uh, doing the like, I don't know, the transfer of the deed to Jamba Juice and uh, once again proceeds to ask ask out Juliana uh, because he fucked this up. This is the girl who he um, was, you know, going to hook up with, but then he got, he felt guilty about it and uh, ran out. And um, we find out that uh, she took that quite personally. And we see her uh, at an AA meeting sharing about how humiliated she felt um, when this guy ran out on on their hookup which is like fair enough that is that's uh that's kind of mean can't blame her for that i mean she's decides she's gonna hook up with tony soprano and then he bails on her you can't you can't come back from that that's tough yeah especially because he's like so like he's so fat you know (laughs) i was gonna say because he's so handsome he's such a casanova you know she missed out on a on an amazing night of romance with this Oh, this yeah. beautiful human being. <laughs> so yeah, she's I mean, got to be devastated. Yeah, it, for for her, she's just like, I mean, you know, that's the thing about, you know, good dick will imprison you. That's what they say. And she, I mean, she, is it is it ever really addressed? Like, 
is Tony, does Tony, you know, lay pipe in, in like a, in a, in an effective way? I know he's always having sex, but is he good at it? Is there any mm-hmm. indication? Like, it, it doesn't seem like there's any indication he's bad. Mm-hmm. I think he's, I don't he's, ever he really seems like he's re- replacement level pipe layer. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, clearly in this case, well, she never had, had actually slept with him, but, 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 you know, Christopher's a younger model. Uh, oh, for know. sure. It's more about the power of his yeah. position. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, I'm not actually he... taking serious the idea that, that she really wanted to fuck Tony because he's really good at, at sex. That's not, <laughs> that's, that's not actually my interpretation of, of, of the power dynamic at play. No, I in think the that's right though. I think it's that. Uh, you know, oh, it's yeah. just you can oh, tell good. just looking at Tony that he fu- like he's he's someone who um, I don't know. He doesn't just fuck you. He envelops you like Kirby. Yeah, it'd be like- funny. It'd be funny if someone does watch the show with that interpretation, like <laughs> if at face value. And it, I, someone I someone I once knew uh, said it'd be really funny if uh, David Chase was being interviewed. So I, I can't take credit for this, but uh, <laughs> that it, it'd be funny if David Chase was getting interviewed about the show on like inside the actor's studio or, you know, like whatever, one of those glitzy places that talking mm-hmm. about art and his craft. And uh, he just was like, Oh yeah. The, the therapist thing with him. Uh, I don't know. That was my wife's idea. I just wanted to make a show about cool guys yeah. who you want to be like. <laughs> and that's, that's what it is to me. It's just a show about guys who I, you want to hang out with. Yeah. yeah they should get really like, guys. if they got, what's the guy, the entourage creator creator's name. If they Darren just Star. got, <laughs> if they just got the entourage guy, uh, to talk about the Sopranos in the way that he talks about entourage. Yeah. Yeah. Tony is clearly so cool because yeah. He, yeah, yeah, people yeah. do things for him that they wouldn't otherwise do he just seems like a really cool guy oh they're all badass you know because they are like they'll wear suits sometimes to eat yeah. fucking noodles like that's i don't know i don't think you can think of a cooler guy than a guy who tells you to take your head off there's a fancy restaurant oh that guy's cool <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> exist doug ellen that's him. what that's the name i was searching for there mm. yeah oh is it doug ellen yeah, Who's yeah. darren star oh that's sex in the city Hmm. Um, anyways, um, so, uh, you see Juliana Skiff, uh, sharing at the meeting and this is actually a flashback cause you realize that, um, uh, this is the story of how Juliana and, um, Chris Moltisante met. And so Chris has begun a secret affair with Juliana and, uh, and hasn't told, obviously, uh, you know, does not bring his Gumar around, doesn't, you know, tell Tony, doesn't tell Bobby. And there's a scene in which um, uh, they can tell, Bobby and Tony can tell that he's like hiding a girl. And so they ask him about it. And uh, I have a clip of that. So there's no one. How come you don't bring her around? Honestly, I would, but uh, between us, she's black. Oh, you're begging a shine? She's hot, too. Classy. Not that it would matter to Paulie. Still have to listen to all his racial bullshit. Yeah, she would feel it too. The, the Sopranos does, I think one of the things it does best is um, kind of show how the mafia uh, loves to use black people as a scapegoat for pretty much anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. There, there's, there's, you know, there's whole episodes. There's like un- unidentified black males, sure, uh, sure. you know, is a, a whole episode. I mean, you just see a lot blame black people for yeah. whatever is going on. And people when go, Tony, oh, I when get Tony, it. Tony drives AJ through the old neighborhood mm-hmm. uh, and says, look what they've done to it. You know, it's right. 
Yeah, while he's like simultaneously running a scam to uh, continue uh, like the the decline of Newark uh, and the property values, like just to skim some HUD money. Like he's perpetuating these, you know, terrible conditions in these neighborhoods while simultaneously being like, well, it's obviously it's because the, the black culture. You know, yeah. they they don't I, understand. I, and, and I think that's churches. And his, I think his job is not, literally uh, his job is literally to accept handouts like right. all day, every day. <laughs> just people just literally come up to him and hand him envelopes for doing nothing. Yeah. Yep. And I think mm-hmm. that's very much uh not necessarily something that's specific to them. I think that's very much like a like an a, an esculpatory mechanism for them where they just came here. Uh, and they looked around and they're like, wow, these black people sure seem to get blamed for a lot of stuff. Yeah, ah, yeah I know yeah, how yeah. to use this. And the, yeah, every time they need a convenient excuse, it's like, ah, it's probably these guys that you blame for everything. Right. I, you see the, the the systemic racism at work with the, yes. you know, the stuff that Tony does and whatnot. Yes, which is interesting. It's both it's both provincial and like opportunistic and, right. and sort of cynical as well. Right. I feel yeah, like it it's, started it's, out cynical and they probably like eventually irony poisoned themselves uh, with it. I, I, I would think the other way around. I mm. think that they start like, you know, these guys grew up with like macho psychos from the fifties as their dads, you mm-hmm. know, deeply nationalistic about Italian culture. Then, then, you know, this is well documented in real life and real, you know, social unrest and, and stuff like that. I mean, they, they hated, um, any kind of gains for black people as this supposed right you know again handout culture to people who are lazy and this and that mm-hmm. but as adults they were able to um sort of compartmentalize that sincere racism with the cynical um eye of a criminal to pay attention to well they are getting fucked over i mean let's mm-hmm. all be honest you know and um you know i i think there's people you meet in real life well you know meet like they're your friends but there's people you can see in the real world who are able to have that in their head at the same time yeah for sure it's one of the things that the sopranos i think does really well which is accurately portray the racism uh, of this particular subculture and uh also sort of make it funny with uh, learning new things. Like, I don't know what a shine is. I don't understand how it is a um, a slur. All I can assume is there's an Italian word that they are translating that's also a racial slur for, uh, for black people, but uh, shine's a new one. And there's like maybe 15 different random italian american mm-hmm. slurs for yeah. black people it's like eskimos like... words with first snowflakes right right exactly um just to say i i don't yeah. know where that one comes from but i do know that shy s-h-y right. would would i'm i'm going to assume here comes from shylock right which would come from you know the open stereotype of Shakespeare and Jews being being loan mm-hmm. sharks. Yeah. Uh, so so some of it comes from Italian words, but some of it is interesting that it comes from other places uh, like Shakespeare. Uh, yeah, over time. <laughs> hey, that's a good point. I never thought of it. Where they you know, they got classy, all... they got classy slurs. <laughs> we know? got classy slurs. That's a Shakespeare word. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that is true. Um, so yeah, uh, Juliana Seeker Gumar. Um, one of my favorite lines that she says. According, uh, sorry, according to uh, oh. Urban Dictionary, who you know obviously is the final authority on this, uh, it, it came came from shoe shine for the fact that they often shine shoes yep. for richer white folks. 
That right. makes sense. There okay, it is. Okay, so... Well, that's worse than I thought. <laughs> that's one That's one to add to things not to say, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you know Nothing. the etymology of it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's like, it's weird. Like, as soon as I, you know, sometimes the etymology is so, uh, so distant from anything normal that you're like, I don't know. Is that's not so? I don't know. You can call me a kike. I get that it's like a circle or whatever, but I, I get, I, I'm all right with it. Of course, that one, that that, that, that one was, you know, I think we could have gotten there, but the, it's some of them are really in, in screwed. Like let's, it's like let's go, Brandon. You yeah. like, have right. to discover the root of this, and you're like, wait, it's because this was related to that, and then they yeah. started shortening it to that. So God, you never know. Cool. They'll be like, you know, fucking history classes a hundred years from now are going to have to explain who Brandon is. And, you know, and uh, at least it's not Let's Go Brendan. Do you feel like happy about that? I feel that? very relieved about that. And I will say for, you know, I'm not really uh, plugged in these days. So I knew that phrase was there. And I just assumed for months that it was because what, what you would think, which would be a video of a kid with like a MAGA hat on, who's named Brandon, mm. said, I don't like Joe, bye-bye. And, you know, and then like the, the video went viral and then all these conservatives were like, I like that kid, let's go Brandon. That's what I thought it was. No. And then when someone <laughs> explained it to me, I had to just, you know, realize how weirder it was, how much weirder the actual explanation was. It's very, and I don't know if I back, still get it. Going back to The Simpsons, it's very much, uh, I was saying Boo Earns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes it is um it is a fascinating <laughs> etymology yes so juliana says uh sorry it's such a pigsty i just uh, i work a lot and i'm a pig which i fucking i love that she uh calls herself a pig something about that um made me weirdly horny she's really hot yeah, right juliana yeah. margulies is oh, one of the sure. most beautiful women in the world yeah. um she was. Yeah, I was. I was intrigued hot. by her. She's in this also episode, a very also. talented actress, Matt. Mm, oh, hundred yep, yep, percent. Yep, yep. She's very yeah. good at. at Interesting uh, that you don't center that. I, I. I sent. I'm centering both, but also thank you for holding me accountable. Yeah, I, no I love to be held accountable. Good. It's. Uh, it's my favorite thing. Um, she also mentions that there's uh, something she, very intriguing about her, like the fact that you can mm. almost see her nipple in that one scene, and you're kind of just like, oh gosh, it's gonna. Mm. Oh, it's gonna Mommy pop man. out! Oh, uh, give me! Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> sorry. This like, is a, this is a crew. <laughs> um, but you know she's uh, she's Jewish, so that also helps. Um, at least for me. Um, and then you know Chris also mentions that you're gonna tell him how you made me come really hard, which is uh, yeah. That that scene, it's just I, I, it's not, it's not a problem in the writing. I just. <laughs> It's just I don't. I don't like it. I, no. I don't need Chris to go into the detail of. I don't want to hear how hard he's coming. How big the stain is, and <laughs> right. It's just, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Mentioning Monica Lewinsky. Um, it's, it's it's realistic, I guess. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, so we cut to a point in which um, you know Juliana and Chris are both talking to their sponsors and about this like shitty situation. Chris is in a bad situation because he's dating someone who like uh, Tony didn't date, but like Tony almost did, and kind of like has her on a shelf, and he knows that you know Tony. If Tony were to ever find out, then he would be in trouble. And yeah. so he's in this like very odd spot. Meanwhile, Juliana is in this odd spot of 
being with a mobster murderer guy and um you know her i just feel so bad for juliana's sponsor because you can tell <laughs> she's just like what is the point of me at this <laughs> yeah. point yeah you know it's like she not How do she's I help not a this th- person yeah she's not a therapist or whatnot but it's like anyone who has been you know in a uh, 12 step program and has you know sponsored someone um sometimes you do have a sponsee who uh you, you you can see them setting up the fucking Rube Goldberg machine that leads them back to heroin and you're just like you see the machine the machinery right you you understand what you're doing here and uh it's it's i think it's really hard to uh it's it's really hard to be a person in the middle of that cuz you just kind of have to let go and just be like hey just so you know uh, everything you're doing uh, is going to lead to bad times. I mean, even uh, apart from the the very salient drug point, mm-hmm. just anyone dating one of these guys is b- a bad idea. Yes. And at yeah. first, at first in the scene, you're not really sure is this a friend, and then they say, "I'm I'm your sponsor. I'm yeah. telling you this." And so you're like, "Okay, it's their sponsor." But even just as a friend, that was all very good advice. You shouldn't yes. date murderers in the mafia. <laughs> um, you know specifically the mafia just not a not not a lifestyle you want to brush up against if you can help it yeah i would i would avoid it i also like that juliana you know her sponsor goes um they're murderers actually uh and then she goes she's like oh you're blowing it out of proportion yeah i think you need to relax (laughs) she's like oh no i would listen to her dude she's courting she's courting danger a little bit you know she is um so then uh, Juliana gets sick uh, and she decides uh, she doesn't want any, you know, she has like a cold um, and uh, she doesn't want any cold medicine. She has, or she has the novel coronavirus is what I was reading. In, in yeah, yeah. She, she's got the uh, she got the first one. She got OG Corona. She's sitting around and uh, she doesn't want to take Robitussin because there's like dextromethorphan in it and instead uh, suggests valerian root tea. Um, which uh, th- I don't know if you guys have exper- uh, uh, any experience with this, but um, do you guys ever meet anyone in college who claimed that they could brew morphine tea because <laughs> they bought a bunch of poppy seeds and boiled them? Not that ever- specifically. <laughs> well, that is okay. It reminded me of that because I-, I do remember people uh, who were very sure that you could go to a he- health food store and create uh, create your own drugs, and every time it ends up the same way, which is they just go, oh, I could also just buy heroin on the street, and then they do that, <laughs> um, which is exactly what happens here. They start doing heroin, and then pre- we proceed to see like a long string of scenes. Yeah, they like loophole themselves into full heroin usage eventually. Yeah, and like it's, I said, it's it's, it's very. Um, I mean, it's it's a tragic arc, obviously for sure. for, for for both of them. But it's it's an interesting scene because they're initially saying, don't get the Robitussin because mm-hmm. that'll cause me to relapse. I'm going to offer a different but still very clear path for me to relapse. But it's yes. not it's not as um, potent, apparent. I guess, maybe or, or apparent at yeah. first. So it's it's weird that, you know, it's not weird. This is a this is an observable thing. You know, they're they're haggling mm. over how to reintroduce. Yes the high in, 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 in into their life and that somehow mitigates the decision being mm-hmm. bad which is which yeah, is very compl- i think very well written yeah yeah, yeah. me too i, I think mean, they, I, they accidentally I got they accidentally got horny for drugs yeah, yeah. 
That's true. When you when you uh, when you come that hard, sometimes there's there's like a roof on how when hard you stain, can come. When the stain when the stain is that mm-hmm. deep and thick and wide, you it's know, a very viscous stain. It's a, you're gonna, the viscous you're gonna, stain of addiction. You're gonna relapse. Yeah, that's the old phrase they say. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was very relatable for me because it's like you, you again. You see the Rube Goldberg machine at work, uh, even if it's not completely apparent. Um, so, and she kind of looks at him, you know, there's, there's an exchange of looks where she's like, I know what we're doing and we're just going to, you know, have to do it. I know what we're doing and I'm hot for it. Let's do it. So yeah. Uh, then proceeds like a long string of scenes of like Juliana and Chris, like getting high together. And again, uh, it's a lot of them are very tension filled. And I think because it's like, you're wondering if the, you know, Brooklyn and, uh, Philly Atardo are about to like fucking murder Chris. Um, and for me, it feels like, you know, it's like we're groundhog daying this, this story arc of once again, Chris, like being in this like unhealthy toxic thing in which he is like using drugs and blah, blah, blah. Um, he tells, uh, he tells Tony, Tony mostly just complains to Melfi about how, um, about how he should have fucked Juliana and it just showed like this relationship that Tony and, and, and Chris have in which like Chris is just jealous or Tony is just jealous of the fact that like um, Chris pulls pussy way above his weight class. And, you know, he said it was the same thing with Adriana. It's, you know, it's the same thing with Juliana. It's like Tony is, uh, he's jealous of, uh, of that dick. Yeah. I mean, I remember, uh, the the episode again where people think Tony and Adriana fooled around, I think is the one where Tony, maybe it's the one after, but he says, I could start all over with her, with Adriana. Mm-hmm. She's 10 yeah. out of 10. Well, it's like he's openly, I mean, getting close to planning to run off with his nephew, you know, basically nephew's ostensible uh, fiance. fiance. And yeah. he has no compunction. He's in therapy. Fine. I mean, I guess get it all out. But you can tell, like, he's um, he's crossed very, very much long ago, like any sense of moral um, compunction yeah. about this stuff. Yeah. But, but for the most part, when it comes to his dick, it, everything's fair game. There is yeah. no. It, and he's openly, weirdly and unhealthily competing with his his again, basically, I know they're technically cousins, but with his right. nephew. With his son figure, the real yeah, son exactly. figure, yeah, which is with you his, know not with his, healthy. With uh, his good son, you know, um, yeah, his, son his functional, figure. his functional non heroin addicted, non uh, <laughs> constantly failing in the mafia business son. Right, exactly, uh, and that leads us to um, my favorite storyline uh, of this episode: <laughs> AJ Soprano. Uh, working construction and falling in love with Blanca. Is this your favorite? I I I mean, I guess like the Phil stuff I loved a lot, but I I really enjoy no, anytime I, we have some AJ shit. I like sure. I loved the storyline just because uh AJ and Tony both uh display some growth, some real growth here, and they're both still like firmly pieces of shit. Uh and it's it's beautiful. Like the scene where AJ bribes the gangsters with the bike, like that is very much, he he's finally figured it out. Cause like Tony, he's living, he's trying to live by like two separate moral codes. One, like he's mm-hmm. trying to live up to this idea of the mafia moral code while also being like kind of a upper middle-class rich kid piece of shit. Um, and so like this, he's finally figured out 
how to be like Tony in spirit without imitating him in action, which is like, if this was Tony, you know, you'd expect Tony would have gone down there and beat the shit out of those kids playing their music too loud. Uh, But AJ figured out a way to get them to go away, but he did it in the AJ way, which is like, well, my parents bought me this nice Gary Fisher mountain bike uh, (laughs) and I can just trade that to these guys uh, to get them go away and, and accomplish the same goal. And he's actually successful in it. Yeah. Yeah. I do love that. I mean, it, he, he does display some growth. It also is like um, one of the more like telling moments is when he gets Blanca's phone number at the bar and she gives him six numbers and is like, Oh, there's only six. And he's like, Oh, if you want to date me, you're going to have to work for it. You yeah. know, leaving that last number blank. And for a guy like AJ, who the idea of working for anything has always made him go, ah, fuck it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell that he's like, he's found like a real motivator here where mm-hmm. he's just like, yeah, I, I could, I can work to achieve a goal. <laughs> well, he's, you know, and it's pussy. He's, he's taken a real step to, towards like knowing himself, which is that like <laughs> now he knows in, in the earlier parts of the season, he thinks like his role is to be the tough guy and go kill uncle, uncle right. June because he thinks that's what's expected of like a, a mob kid. But now right. he's at least gotten to a place where he knows that he's a coward kind of, he knows right, he's not yeah. like a tough guy, uh, but he still made it happen in his own way. And then, and then that when he brings her to Christmas, like we see mm-hmm. Tony having his own growth, like he and Carmela obviously are, don't like that their kid is dating this 10 years older, uh, single mom. But, uh, rather than like immediately, uh, insulting the love interest, they sort of keep it under wraps in ways that they didn't in previous seasons. Yeah. It's nice that they don't say anything racist to her, like straight up. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's heartwarming. Um, I, I just was going to say in that scene where um, AJ devises a plan to be a big man in front of Blanca uh, with the guys outside. I love um, they're watching 40 year old virgin, which was you know, very, very big at the time. And yeah. I like Blanca's commentary, which is this man is so lame. Yeah, yeah, that's her, yeah. That's her. That's her comment, which you know, it's that's what you're getting from that movie. Awesome. It makes sense. Yeah, um. yeah. And this is she's just like this is so stupid. I was, <laughs> yeah. I love her. Yeah. I love her yeah. that she's watching it. And it's also just like, after after they uh, sleep together, she says, "You have the same birthday as Jesse Ventura. <laughs> Jesse Ventura. He's a famous politician. <laughs> yeah, the famous politician. Uh, but which, which, which is is again like I think it, you know." Jesse's had a lot of phases, but I think around then, if you're younger, he was, he was the fucking governor of, of Minnesota. Minnesota. So, yeah. so that is, you know, for that generation, that that does make sense for her to know him. Is that it's just really funny that that's all he would have been known yeah. as to her. That is just yeah, I found that to be like deadly accurate, really good writing. Um, mm-hmm. And then yeah, and then in this in the Christmas scene, um, just the acting between. Gandolfini and uh, Edie Falco where you can sort of see on their faces that they're trying to figure out like whether this is a good thing because like they've learned to constantly lower expectations uh, for AJ. And yeah, so like, you know, uh, judging it in years past, they definitely would have thought this was a bad thing for AJ. But at this stage, they're kind of like, I don't know, maybe this is what he needs. Who knows? They'll allow a different ethnicity if it means that he can at least be functional. Yeah, Yeah, be be a functional adult. I mean, it's like even, you know, like 
he has bought her some sort of like jewelry piece, some sort of necklace with money that he saved from yeah. working construction. So they're like, uh, he's like kind of learning how to be like a an adult. So maybe like just a crash he's, course he's, in adulting and taking care of a and being a stepdad. Yeah, like maybe he, he's gained help. some small sense of responsibility in that he seems right. to be like helping her with this this kid, which is a lot more than AJ's done in the. It's past. what they've always told him to do, you know. And yeah. however, they they are uh, Carmela in particular also seems to be aware that uh, it's probably not going to last, given that AJ has no, he doesn't have enough. He can't possibly get it together quickly enough to be a father figure to, to somebody right. else. That and and she, if she is thinking that in that scene, she's she's right. That's, that's yeah. AJ is not someone who's up for that. But <laughs> yeah, they're 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 taking they're taking this you know somewhat, um, I guess constructively. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you you do see as the relationship progresses, um, you see some of the pitfalls of um. Oh yeah, being an AJ Soprano trying to survive in a Passaic world, uh, like at a, in a in a Dominican Republic world in which well, he is like. Y- you guys watch for spoilers, I assume. Do you on the so, show? Or? Yeah, yeah. Not, I, I mean, not really. It's, it's not spoiling anything to to say. Maybe this is the most um, upbeat episode mm-hmm. for their relationship. Yes, because uh, it gets complicated. It does. Um, it gets very complicated, and you see that. Uh, AJ truly is in love with um yes. with Blanca, which leads me to believe something. Um, they're sitting there, they're watching the forty year old virgin, uh, and I'm getting the sense that do you think that AJ was a virgin up until this point? I was thinking that as I was watching the episode. Yeah, I think he was. <sighs> I wondered that, but I but like, didn't we kind of see? Didn't they sort of imply that he was having sex with uh, one of the he- blonde? Girls. He implied that he's, he's like yeah, that's done he more to, stuff. Yeah, that's when he says to Tony, you know, you'd be surprised or whatever. Right, or blah, blah, right. Blah. But we can't know. I guess we we can't I, really know. Well, yeah. I look at I look at him and I'm like, that's he's a he's like a hand job guy. Like this guy, <laughs> this kid has gotten like a lot of hand jobs. Mm, he looks a like a guy this. who thinks that like hand jobs are like a, a thing that people do. You know what I mean? And so I think that for him, he's like trying to break out of this like, you know, hand job space. And he sees that <laughs> okay. in in Blanca. Um, <laughs> and I, I just get the feeling that this is him losing his virginity because I feel like we yeah. seen Me- we saw we saw Meadow she's, lose her virginity. She's to yes. Noah. She's his ticket out of hand job city. I think so. finally. <laughs> I think yeah. so, though. Yeah, he's got Terminator vision scanning her up and down. It says non-hand job right. interaction <laughs> is possible here. I, I suppose you're right. The thing is that the show the show doesn't really draw attention to it one way or the other. We don't right. know whether this is his first time mm-hmm. or whether he had I don't know with what's her name, um, Devin. Uh, I think Devin Pillsbury. Yeah, yeah, Devin Pillsbury. Um, <laughs> Is she supposed to be a part of the Pillsbury like family that we Un- know? Unclear, but okay. I like that they. I like I like that they set up some ambiguity there because it could it very well could be if they're a, a business dynasty. You yeah, know, I, I don't know, but anyway, he could have he could have gotten gotten naughty with with Devin, but we don't know, and the show doesn't seem to really. AJ never has AJ never has a conversation about it. Right. He doesn't tell Tony like Dad, you know, it's my first time. The way that he's getting absolutely rid ridden by Blanca may yes. imply that he's just like 
I'm I'm not driving my first time. But exactly. also she's but then again, she's really like turned on by the fact that he he, he went he out on a limb for her. He, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder if she she if, didn't if she it. even saw that. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, yeah. I mean, good for AJ either way. Yeah, yeah. I I'm glad that he um yeah, he's finally is able to use some of uh you know, his um his family inheritance uh in order to get something done and it doesn't include violence, it includes using your money. That's um, true. That that is commendable. And you say it's his um you know, he's he's genuinely in love with Blanca. I mean, I guess that's true. He's in love with her in the way that any like 17-year-old is in love. Exactly. Sure. You know? He likes and that's having the problem. Yeah, yeah, is that she she is not 17. Yes. Yeah. Or is, but, is he eighteen? I don't know. I don't know how old he is now. But I think he's got to be. He's, he's like 18. Nine, nineteen. He's 18. Right. He's nineteen. He's, yeah. He's in community college, or he was okay. in community college. But um, still, like, like he's he hasn't even he's not he's not even turned twenty yet. He's in love in that kind of way. Exactly. Yeah. 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 He's in love with her in the way like someone who is um loses their virginity to someone is in love with the person they lost their virginity. Exactly. To. And I think I, that's why I believe that's the case. But then, uh, yeah, we'll we'll find out in the next season. Um, and yeah, that uh, ends the storyline with AJ. Um, uh, and then Carmela's storyline can be summed up real quick. Uh, she's wants the to hire a private inspector um, to look for aid, <laughs> uh, and then uh, Tony realizes, oh fuck, um, this <laughs> what is have bad. I done giving my wife too much idle time? Right. I need to make sure that we lean on the building inspector. Cut to she finds out that the stop work order was reversed and then she immediately throws away <laughs> the private inspector's card and calls the roofer. <laughs> and I just love that so much. I love how everything, quickly she's just like, oh, fuck that shit. Everything about that was great. Yes. It's 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 wonderful because it, it on 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 a sympath if you wanted to be sympathetic you could i guess say that she's like i'll be too busy to find out if aid mm-hmm. was killed and on the less sympathetic side you could just read it as well now that i have what i want i don't care about this project yeah. to see whether she's killed yeah no her, her her entire persona is uh realizing that she shouldn't uh dig too te- too deep into what tony does so in order that she can reap the benefits of it and that's like you know that's like a perfect microcosm of it right there yeah yep um and uh and that uh that concludes the episode um now uh, let's do favorite uh least favorite or scene that we missed uh vince do you have a favorite or least favorite or scene that we missed? i mean we just talked about it but the the whole storyline with uh carmella uh realizing that well that uh, tony realizing that uh her losing out on the spec house is actually going to be bad for him and uh yeah. immediately being like hey can you uh, go lean on that building inspector actually yeah, right. yeah can you give her a career please yeah um yeah what about you uh brendan do you have a favorite least favorite or a scene that we missed well there's two little moments i'll say that i that we we didn't mention and then i'll say my favorite scene um mm. in the scene early on when christopher is talking to kelly i think his yeah. new his new wife there's like a run of bird references. He oh, says, yeah. remember the penguin movie, how you cried, which is a great line. <laughs> then he says, she's laying an egg mm-hmm. with the uh, kid. Uh, then he says, don't count your, let's not count our chickens. Yeah. And then the next scene begins with Carmela slamming a turkey down on the table. <laughs> I to totally yeah. didn't get that. And I don't I, know. I didn't I, see that either. I, I'm sure all the bird, the verbally, the bird references were intentional, but I don't even know if they were being very clever 
if the turkey was meant to be like a punctuation mark on all of the bird talk. <laughs> yeah. um, I thought that was cool. And then there's just in the Carmine meeting where um, Phil starts to get um, angry and he starts screaming and Carmine goes, Phil, please. And Phil yells, please my ass. Yeah. Which is inadvertently again, <laughs> Phil saying something kind of a uh, little homoerotic. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Without, without meaning to. Because uh, mm-hmm. he does that in, in a previous episode, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Oh, yeah. Um, he just can't stop doing that. And I love and he's, every time I hear him say, please, my ass, I, I laugh. <laughs> yeah. um, my favorite scene is when Butchie is, well, I guess it's a shot, but it's like Butchie mm-hmm. in the hospital scene is great because, again, it's not spoiling anything. I think the show is making it clear. He's becoming more of a character. And right. um, he may be more menacing than Phil at the end of the day. And yeah. you're you're starting to see that in the shot where... I mean, Tony tries to walk out of the room and Butchie, who's about a quarter of uh, Tony's size, is blocking him totally unafraid of what, what, what might happen. Yeah, so and that's, he feels kind of menacing. It, that's like, pretty for scary. For a little guy. You shouldn't be that comfortable if you're facing down James Gandolfini, but he is. So that's kind of scary. And then there's that great shot where Tony's walking away and out of focus, you see Butchie kind of staring at him from the hospital room kind of uh, leisurely. Yeah. Sizing him up, scheming. We don't know exactly what he's thinking, but I I like that very subtle character uh, sketch. Yeah. Yeah, And there's also a little bit of uh, symbolism there where I don't know. I mean, maybe not symbolism, but uh, like Phil basically became acting boss when everybody lost faith in Johnny Sack because he had a moment where he cried. Uh, yep. at his uh, daughter's wedding and then and Phil in is that now scene crying. like Phil is crying because Tony's you know made amends or whatever and uh right. that's sort of maybe that's like a, a symbolic passing of the torch there it's the it's the machismo uh factor that Phil who was the guy who said to cry like a woman you know like yeah, right. yeah. there's no way and he's he, now he's the one crying and Butchie mm-hmm. Butchie may realize that they need tougher stock in charge yeah um, a scene that we missed that I, I had to bring up. There's one junior scene. Bobby visits junior. Oh, uh, that's my least favorite scene. I was going to say that's my least favorite. Oh yeah. <laughs> just because not, not because it's a bad scene or it's poorly written. It just makes me sad. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It yeah. is very sad. Um, but you know, it's, uh, Bobby giving the money back to junior and, um, because he won't take his money and reminds junior, that uh, he shot Tony. And I just have a small clip of that. That's a gift. It's, it's a little something for you and Karen and the kids. It wouldn't be right. I mean, frankly, I shouldn't be here after what happened with Tony. He's still up on his cross, huh? Junior, you shot him. Yeah, well, it's not that simple. I know a few things you don't. Like maybe I wasn't acting alone. Junior, JFK was 40 years ago. That's all I'll say about that. Uh-oh. It's uh, time again for a, a new segment that we're doing. It's called Who Killed JFK? And um, what a more perfect guest than oh, wow. Brendan James to field this question. Um, who killed Who killed JFK, dude? It feels like a surprise birthday party I just walked into. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, tell you, I tell you what. For more on that, head over to Blowback Season 2 um, and see see if we touch on that. That's what I'll say about that. 
That's fair enough. Yeah, my marketing that. my my marketing lobe just kicked in at the last minute there. <laughs> yeah. No, that was good. That was good because we got to wrap up. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I was like, this is just a great way to uh, to plug uh, season two of Blowback, available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, yes. So uh, yeah, if I had to grade this episode, I would give it. I guess I'd give it a B plus. Vince, what would you give this episode? Yep, solid B plus. Uh, Brendan James, what would you give this episode? Okay, now you guys, you guys seem to give a lot of B pluses. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I'm aware I mean, I of guess. that much. Um, I actually, sincerely, not part of a joke, would give this episode a B plus. I'm <laughs> that's my actual grade. I'm a tough grader. It's a good episode. Um, it is a good sort of way to close out that first half of the season don't know if it would rise to you know that a grade um sure. level you know which although listening to to you guys nothing has ever risen to that level which is you know a strong case that you guys I mean, have there but who, who can remember what grades we've given i don't even know okay yeah. well i um, <laughs> i do I've, been hearing, I, I've i've heard that there's a lot of b pluses <laughs> handed out but uh there yeah i, I would say b plus it's it's a All very right. solid good episode so it's a, that's a B-plus episode of The Sopranos and an A-plus episode of Pod Yourself a Gun. Brendan James, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Where can people find you on the internet? Well, I am not really on Twitter so much except when I'm promoting blowback. But So mm-hmm. I'll just say, you know, um, my, my handle on Twitter is at deep underscore beige. And Blowback is the show that I co-host and produce. Um, My co-host Noah Colwin and I have a show about uh, American history, about um, Cold War shenanigans, wars, um, and um, other various unpleasant things. And uh, if you like, the, in addition to the show, which is available, as Matt kindly said, wherever you get your podcasts, um, I compose the music for the show, which we release as kind of standalone music, and that's uh, wherever you get your music. Uh, mm. You just search uh, Blowback. Um, maybe the uh, the artist's name would help be helpful, too. Uh, the Great Varelli is how I release my music. So the oh, Great yeah. V-O-R-E-L-L-I. And, uh, you know, it directly impacted on this episode of The yeah. Sopranos, as we just heard. So Blowback Season 2. Anywhere Check you out get your pod. Blowback Season 2. Excited for season three. It's also going to be great. Um, I, I cannot hey, speak to that. I cannot speak to any season oh, three. Oh, well, I mean, I, I just assume, but, uh, it's an intriguing, that's a, you can, you can pitch me after the, uh, after the recording. Patreon.com slash fraught for all of the bonus episodes where Vince and I talk about whatever things that are not, you know, Sopranos, sometimes movies, sometimes other things. $8 tier gets you a shout out. Vince, this is the final shout out section of the season. We got a whole lot of names, dude. So we got to just bust let's through them. D- let's the, do it. I'm ready. The first ready. is, of course, the $400 donor, Kyle C. I mean, Kyle C, Kyle Champion. That's what I call him. Hell yeah. C for champ. Champion. Champion um, patron. Okay. The next is, um, and this is the name they put down, the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. I mean, that's the best joke that anyone's ever done uh, <laughs> on the Patreon. Like, I don't even know yeah. that they need a nickname, um, but uh, let's just call them Sesame Street, because I feel like they Se- were, you know. I love that. Yeah. So we're calling you Sesame Street. Um, Troy A. Melot. 
Hmm. Hmm. We're gonna call him a little, cause oh, all right, aim a little. Well, you know, eh, well, you know, a, a, li- a little malat. I like it. <laughs> uh, next is I think the patron. That sounds, uh, patron- it sounds. It sounds like a weird Italian Italian slang for mulatto. Oh, it does. <laughs> oh, a little mulat. Hey, you dating the mulat? No. Oh, yeah. No, he's not full black. He's just a little mulat. Oh, all right. <laughs> I feel bad. Um, uh, the next is uh, Star Wars Loose Cannon, which I assume is the name of someone else's Patreon. Um, mm. Uh, and mm. they found. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. We'll what call him uh, Fantasy Football because that sounds like a fantasy football team name to me. You know? Okay. Yeah, I love it. Uh, then we have John uh, Shrook, S C H R O E C K. Shrook. I read that Shrek. as Shrek. So uh, yeah, we're gonna call this guy uh, the ogre. The ogre. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. And then we got Carl Thiessen. Uh It's Thiessen, Uh mm-hmm. And I know he already has a nickname, which is Cinnamon Eagle. And uh, <laughs> I don't need to expand on that further, but that's just his nickname. He'll know what it means. Okay. <laughs> uh, next to you, uh, next is uh, Matthew Benkarski. Hmm. Oh, Ben. Benkarski. Ben. Karski and Hutch, uh, Ben Carson. Uh, we're going to call this guy Dr. Starsky. All right. Dr. Yeah. Sure. I don't Doc- know. I like it. Um, that's very good. Uh, I thought we were going to call him HUD, you know, because he was at one point the. I don't know. Um, next is this is a birthday present from Joshua Westlund um, mm-hmm. to a Becky Vlamis. Mm. So Becky Vlamis needs a nickname. Vlamis. Uh Becky. We're gonna call her uh Becky uh, with a good hair. Uh, <laughs> uh she's marrying Westland. She's mm, I don't know if they're married. They might just be friends. Okay, this they're friends. Uh I, I'm not sure. We're gonna call her friend zone. Okay. Just in case. <laughs> I love that. Okay, three more. Um, Nicholas or Orloff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Orloff. Yeah, we're gonna call him uh, Pilaf. Okay. Yep. Uh, John Gruber. John Gruber. More like Hans Gruber. We're gonna call this guy Die Hard. All right. Very good. And finally, uh, Brooks Rattel. Oh, Brook. Brooks is like a small river. Uh, mm-hmm. And this guy's not small. He's big time because he's a patron. So we're going to call mm-hmm. him the river. All right. The river. That's right. And that is all of the $8 and more uh, plus patrons for this week. And you can join by going to patreon.com slash We, of course, are going to be taking a little break between seasons while we line up guests to finish out season 6B. Next season will be the final season of Pod Yourself a Gun, but don't you worry because there's going to be plenty of more content with Matt and Vince, and you can find it all patreon.com slash broadcast. Please join the Patreon. Frogcast at gmail.com for all of your questions, comments, and concerns. Vince, what is the Google Voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everybody. Thanks again so much for a wonderful season. And until next time, don't stop believing.
got a B story, yeah. AJ's like, hey, what's up, hello? I seen your pretty ass pushing my wheelbarrow. Nice to meet you, Blanca. I'm AJ Soprano. I just wanna chill and give you my W4. That's a tech withholding, it's a real important form. She's my drag queen. Hope she's Catholic, yo. She's at the bar and I can tell that she's alone. Sits next to me and gives me digits to her phone. Only six numbers says I got a word for it. Man, I swear I love her. Will she let me hit though? Puerto Rican kids yell outside her window. I go downstairs, give those kids my bicycle. I'm in love with Blanca and I'll never let him go. I get a ride from my baby. I be eating gabagool inside with my baby. My name is Anthony Soprano, 6A finale, next season is 6B Carlo is fetching a guy's head and kicking it inside the drain Billy walks to the wire room, it explodes in front of him Chrissy has the new side hoe, tells the boys it's a black girl With a pregnant wife at home, says a man has his knees though But what Tony does not know, Chrissy's lying Cause he's actually fucking Juliana though And Chrissy says her name's Taisha But Chrissy rides with his baby, baby. Tells his crew and needy Fucking drop, you eat yum 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 yum. You like to eat my butt, sucking on my dick and eating all my nut. Everybody piggy, little fat piggy, roll you in the dirt and eat all of your skin. I wanna eat all the piggies, yum yum yum. I'm gonna make eat all the ribbies, yummy ribs. I'm gonna rip 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 piggies, yum yum yum. I eat you eat you eat you eat eat you. <laughs> I don't know why the track does this now. Um, well, anyways, I hope everyone had a all. And I gotta eat all the piggies. Yum, 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 yum. Eat all the ribbies. Yummy ribs, bitch. Gonna eat all your ribs and the pig's feet, too. I'm gonna eat all your ears. Then I'm gonna go and I'm gonna eat all your fears. And then all I'm gonna do is drink your tears And then everything else I'll eat your rear Lum 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 lum, eat the bomb Motherfucker make me calm, bitch Suck my dick, eat my butt Everybody likes Sopranos Sucking dick is fun, everybody knows <laughs> I got a gun Oh, I bought yourself a gun. There it is. Uh, this track is longer, I think, than the original. Well, what a season we've had, you guys. So much fun has happened. 
Um, you know, we've had good times, we've had bad times, we've had times that suck. Um, but we've had good times, mostly. Except for the, you know, the bad times. You know what I'm saying? My name is Ellen Matt. My name is Ellen Matt, bitch. I don't know. <laughs> All right, see you next season. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.